You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You know the deal. Follow me on Twitter. At Pat Sports Guy. Locked On Horns is the show. A lot to get into. Uh, let's talk about that national championship game last night. Uh, just an offensive explosion from Alabama. One that had Texas fans really excited. And for good reason, considering their new head coach was the one calling the plays. That was huge. You saw Devontae Smith absolutely take over that first half, which was interesting because I even made the comment, oh, you can do the same thing over and over. And that was something that you were seeing with Sark is he saw something that was working and he proceeded to continue to go at it. I mean, he continued to feed Devonta Smith, he continued to be Najee Harris, the two guys that were, uh, in large part, the two main focal points offensively. And they were able to just do what they wanted against that Ohio State defense. Say what you want about Ohio State playing that 4-4 defense. I, I don't know what the game plan was there, but Sark knew how to attack it, and he did. And that gives a lot of excitement, a lot of hope for Texas fans to to see that. Because if if you go back and look at this last season for Texas, they weren't doing those things. When something was working well, they it was almost like they were outthinking themselves and deciding, hey, this is working, but let's not do it too often. And then they would go to something else. And I mean we saw the offense. At times, I mean, you could look at the Kansas State game. You could look at, you know, UTEP. Looked unstoppable. Now you could say, look at the level of talent they were playing against. Absolutely, you're right. Uh, but you still have to execute. And, and if you look at, you know, some of their games, they went away from the things that they should have been doing. Specifically, and, and I've harped on this many a time, when you look at Bijan Robinson. Look at what he was doing. Towards the end of the season, especially against Kansas State, against Colorado, you saw it some in, in, against West Virginia. They would feed Bajon Robinson, and he would take off, and he would have huge games. I mean, those three games that I mentioned, he was all over 100 yards, and he touched the ball less than 15 times. With Sark running the offense, you expect that Robinson's going to touch the ball a lot more, and he should. If you can't stop it, keep doing it. I mean, that's that's what the coaches who do so well at the college football level and even the NFL, I'm going to run this until you show that you can stop it. We saw it with Alabama last night running those screen passes to Najee Harris. They kept going to it because they couldn't stop it. They kept going to Devontae Smith in any way that they could, mostly because you couldn't stop it, and Ohio State couldn't. So there's that level of excitement for Texas fans, and and for good reason. 
But, you know, in, in I was talking about this last night on Twitter during the game. There is a level of excitement. Bijan Robinson was tweeting about it. Players were tweeting about it, you know. Jordan winning. So somebody was relating, uh, was tweeting about Joshua Moore being able to take advantage of some of those things that, you know, Devonta Smith. It's not to say he's Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith is just absolutely all-world wide receiver. Had a very dominating performance, not just in the game, but all season long. But that's a very similar role that Joshua Moore can play for this offense. But the interesting part when we were tweeting about it and talking about it is I heard people say, well, unless Sark is taking the Alabama offense with him, it's not going to work at Texas. I'm talking about the players. Which brings me to another question. Why are we moving the goalpost? Tom Herman couldn't win with this talent, right? We all heard it. Tom Herman had one of the most talented teams, top five in the country couldn't win with them now they bring in sark who can use that talent but now texas doesn't have any talent so we're moving the goalpost is that what we're doing because that's what it sounds like texas has talent texas will get more talent if nothing else based on that national championship alone the players were watching the players are definitely watching so to think that they're not going to get top talent especially the, the amount of talent in texas for that 2022 class you know, maybe 2021 won't look the greatest, uh, but they will find a way. Jatavion Sanders is the top recruit of this class. He wants to play on offense, too, on top of defense. I think Sark's the guy that, that could use him. Uh, he used Jaleel Billingsley for that Alabama offense, uh, who was kind of that hybrid tight end big wide receiver, big slot guy. That bodes well for who? Not just to Tavion. Jared Wiley, another guy that I was harping on throughout the season. He's going to get his opportunity, and he's another player who's excited tweeting about it last night. Oh, they use tight ends? That's good for Jared Wiley. Malcolm Epps, Braden Lybrock. Jatavion Sanders. They're going to use those guys. They're going to use that talent. And that was probably a huge problem for me, not using the talent. And Alabama does. When they didn't use Najee Harris, they're using Brian Robinson Jr. Hello, Roshan Johnson. You're going to get your opportunities as well. And he should. He proved uh, this past season that you know, he's he's worthy of getting those looks. Oh, and let's not forget, Keontae Ingram could be back. Another guy who could take advantage of this. The, the offense, there's going to be there. There's going to be opportunity. Jake Smith, Jordan Weddington, Troy Omier. The only thing they got to do is figure out the offensive line. Oh, yeah, by the way, Kyle Flood, uh, it hasn't been confirmed, but – Kyle Flood is expected uh, to come with Sarkeesian, which is going to help that offensive line in recruiting and in development. There's a lot to be excited about. We're going to get into more of that next. All right, college football is over. We had the championship last night. But the NFL regular season is done as well, but there's the playoffs. We just had the wild card. Now we're getting to the division round. 
big matchups. There's only one place that's got you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. If you want to know who to take, you got a Tom Brady-Drew Brees matchup. One more time, we get to see two future Hall of Famers going at it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, so one of the big things that happened last night, obviously with, with the national championship game, was the play of Mac Jones. Mac Jones, he has been on fire this year. Uh, the way that Sark changed the offense from Tua Tagovailoa last year for Mac Jones and then throughout this year, cannot be understated, Sark had everything to do with, with his development as a quarterback and what he was able to do. And what he was able to do was break Colt McCoy's record. Colt McCoy completed 76.7% of his passes in 2008. He broke the record of Stephen LaFour's at Louisville in 2004 when he had 73.5. Based on last night's game with Mac Jones, Mac Jones now holds that record. He completed 36 of 45 passes, over 450 yards, five touchdowns, and now is Completion percentage for a single season sits at 77.4%. 0. 0.7% better than McCoy. A record that stood for 12 years now belongs to Mac Jones. That is impressive. But that is just another accolade in the long list of accolades that the new head coach at Texas, Steve Sarkeesian, is going to use when he goes into these living rooms to meet with a a prospect and his family when he gets on a zoom call, when he gets on FaceTime, he's going to use it. And he should absolutely should. There are going to be plenty of opportunities that way, but it's not just, Hey, look, I, I got Mac Jones, this record based on my play calling my development. It's not just that I had three of the top five offensive players finishing uh, in the top five for the Heisman. You know, he he can talk about the development. He can talk about the offense. Offensive players are going to want to come play for him. Absolutely are going to want to come play for him. For the last several years, the Heisman Trophy has been owned by the quarterback position. Devontae Smith won the award. He was the first non-quarterback to win the award since the last Alabama player to win it. Derrick Henry. Before that, the last time it was done, oh yeah, also former Alabama player, Mark Ingram. Now, Ingram and and Henry were not part of Sark, but just shows you that Alabama has talent and and they can win the Heisman regardless. Now, Now, you can argue that Steve Sarkeesian had everything to do with Devontae Smith winning it. 
And that's probably why once they announced that Steve Sarkeesian was taking the head coaching job in Texas, that the Bijan Robinson Heisman movement started. Looking at the latest odds, betonline.ag. Bijan Robinson is way up there. So you have a player who you saw his breakout performance as a freshman. I believe it's only going to get enhanced with the addition of Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, let's let's talk about some Big 12 news real quick. Let's, let's dive into this. Uh, it was interesting, and we're going to talk more basketball here in a little bit. Uh, Baylor versus West Virginia has been postponed due to COVID-19 protocols within the West Virginia program. This comes only days after Texas just played at West Virginia. So it is a story to be monitored. Is Texas now going to test positive and have issues within their program uh, after just playing West Virginia? That is something to be monitored. Uh, we also have Jay Valai tweeted out his goodbyes. So we do have it confirmed that Jay Valai will not be with the University of Texas. Andre Coleman, the wide receivers coach, we thought Wiggins from Alabama would be coming with, with Sark. But appears that Andre Coleman is likely to stay at Texas, as well as Stan Drayton will likely be the only two offensive coaches to remain defense. Chris Ash is still in the mix, apparently. But we have Blake Gideon coming in from Ole Miss to be the safeties coach. We also have the coach from Notre Dame, their secondary coach. Uh, but how about this for a, a rumor? Uh, it was reported yesterday on Monday before the game. The Philadelphia Eagles have reached out to Lincoln Riley to be their next head coach. Not surprising because Jeffrey Lurie has a relationship with Lincoln Riley. So that's not a surprise. And it's not a surprise that you would hear his name because we've heard Lincoln Riley most recently tied to the Dallas Cowboys last year. I mean, people are looking at Lincoln Riley, I guess, much in the same way that they looked at Cliff Kingsbury when he took the job at Arizona. Not a surprise because they're looking at the offense and a lot of what NFL teams are doing or, or a lot of what the college level offenses are doing look at Sean McVay out in Los Angeles I think that they're looking for that next offensive explosion I mean it's a copycat league so it's definitely something to keep an eye on but if you want my opinion and I'm gonna give it to you anyway I don't think Lincoln Riley's going anywhere uh, but it was interesting to hear those rumors prior to the game kicking off last night. Uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you need at traditional storefronts. And why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, hey, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And then you got to wait for the guy at the counter to go through on his computer, choosing only the brands that they happen to carry, likely they have a contract with. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Absolutely want to check them out. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com 
because it is a family business serving automotive parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, but write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Just remember, rockauto.com. We got the final AP Top 25 uh, come out this morning. Alabama, number one, no surprise. Ohio State, number two. Again, no surprise. Clemson, three. Texas A&M climbs to four. Then you have Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Georgia, Cincinnati, Iowa State, and Northwestern round out your top ten. Texas finishes 19th. At seven and three, they went up one spot after blasting Colorado, and then Oklahoma State jumps up to number twenty. Very interesting to see where Texas finished. Top twenty, I think it's a good spot for them. Now, if you look at basketball, they're number four right now. They just survived a matchup with West Virginia. And now on Wednesday, they're going to take on Texas Tech. Texas Tech had just jumped into the top 15. So you have half of the Big 12 Conference in the top 15 of the AP poll. That's a tough run. You have Baylor at number two, Texas at number four, Kansas at number six. West Virginia jumped up to one spot to 13th after playing Texas close. And then Texas Tech at 15. Those are your top 25 teams in the Big 12. It's really going to be an interesting matchup. I know Texas Tech just lost one of their top recruits, Namari Burnett, has announced that he's going to leave the program. He wasn't a starter, and he wasn't playing the best this year. Uh, Burnett had one of the worst shooting percentages among college basketball, but I think uh, that wasn't going to remain. He's just too talented. You know, maybe it was the acclimation of getting used to the college game. There's always going to be that when you jump from, from high school level to college. But Texas Tech is still loaded. I mean, they get, they got a tough team. They're a tough out. Texas just played Iowa State very close. And then Iowa State played Texas Tech, and Texas Tech blew them out of the water. So they're a talented team. Don't look at their record and think, oh, well, Texas likely is going to run away with this one. Um, They're 10-3. and Texas is 10-1. and Obviously, they played less games. Texas had a game canceled due to COVID-19. Not on their side, but, you know, it happened. But the great thing is you have two talented players who were awarded this week. Andrew Jones and and Greg Brown both received Big 12 Weekly Honors. Andrew Jones received the Player of the Week 
uh, as we stated yesterday. And then Greg Brown was the newcomer of the week. They're, they're a very talented team, and we're going to get more into the basketball game on tomorrow's episode. Uh, we're going to have a full preview of the game, uh, plus some initial thoughts of the Sarkeesian press conference. That's going to happen at 4 p.m. today. Uh, and then he'll have an interview with Craig Way on the horn in Austin uh, following that. So plenty of Sarkeesian talk. Uh, hopefully we're going to get a better idea of what this staff for Sarkeesian is going to look like. And, and really, that that's the next big thing is they need to put their staff together. And then they have essentially less than a month to get ready for the final run in the 2021 recruiting cycle. National Signing Day is coming up in February. What positions do they need to focus on? And we'll get into that. But I think right off the bat, offensive line, I think, is is going to be key. Uh, So they're going to need to look at offensive line. They're going to need to look at defensive line. With the loss of Joseph Asai to Quan Graham, who's going to step up? Well, the good thing is Marquez Bamage is expected to return next year. He likely is going to be your jack. I could also see Jacoby Jones in the mix for that. I think eventually they want it to be Jatavion Sanders, but you also have Jordan Thomas coming in in this recruiting class. Prince Dorba is... is uh, was one of the highly touted players last year and he didn't uh, get to play much this year, but I think that might change. It's all going to depend on what this defense is going to look like, because if it's not Chris Ash, what defense are they going to go with? Are they going to run a three, four? Are they going to run a three, three? Are they going to run a four, three or essentially a four, two, five, because, Especially in the Big 12, most offenses are running 11 personnel with three wide receivers, so you're going to need that extra DB on the field. Texas could be going through another defensive change in philosophy this offseason. With COVID-19 going on, hopefully that is a little different than it was last year where there wasn't a, a spring ball, no spring camp, no spring game. And as we saw with the team, as the season went on, they got better almost because they didn't have spring to really work out those things in a very truncated camp. You know, some of those things that you work on in the offseason, they were having to work on throughout the season. Some of the teams that did better this season were teams that already had everything in place and have been there. You're talking about an Alabama team. You're talking about Ohio State. Clemson, uh, Texas A&M was up there. Notre Dame was up there. Those were teams that already had their their systems in place. And so maybe it didn't affect them as much as it did other teams. But that's going to be something to watch. But we'll get into all that tomorrow. Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Check us out tomorrow. We're going to talk Sarkeesian. We're going to get you ready for the basketball game against Texas Tech. We're going to get into all that. I'll see you tomorrow. Hook them.